Welcome to Parents at Work, a podcast for people who want to succeed and thrive at work while they have kids. This podcast is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, a firm that empowers people who have been wrongfully fired or afraid that they might be. I am Tom Spiegel, and joining me today is my co-host, Lori Mahalik-Levin, an attorney and founder of the online platform Mindful Return. Lori, I'll turn it over to you to tell us more about Mindful Return and to introduce our guest today. Wonderful, Tom. Thanks so much. It's good to be here today. Mindful Return is a program that helps new parents transition back to work after parental leave and helps employers to retain their new parent top talent. This month on the podcast, we're focusing on engineers. We're talking to some working mom engineers, some working dad engineers, and we're kicking off today with two working dad engineers, Matt Jensen and Paul Andraconis. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of them before we get started. First, we have with us Matt Jensen, who's a business owner and senior project manager at Kim Lee Horn. Matt has 20 years of experience providing engineering management and design services for civil infrastructure projects. He's a fourth-generation civil engineer who knew at a very young age that his purpose in life was to build bridges. Matt and his wife, Shannon, who's a senior customer manager for General Mills, co-parent their three children, Allison, who's 10, Emily, who's 6, and Andrew, who's 4. Matt is also serving as past president for Christ Lutheran Church in Blaine, Minnesota, during his second three-year term on the Congregational Council. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. We're delighted to have you. Hey, thank you, Laurie. Happy to be here. Great. Also, we have with us today Paul Andraconis from Citibank. Paul is the Director of Personalization for Citi's U.S. Consumer Digital Organization, where he oversees the optimization of Citi's digital marketing mix, defines Citi's digital placement strategies, and delivers digital personalization tools and capabilities that drive deeper customer engagement and incremental revenue. To achieve these goals, Paul partners with a broad array of functional experts in city, including such organizations as analytics, IT, product, consumer experience, and marketing, to build next-generation machine learning, digital creative, and marketing optimization capabilities at city. Paul is married to his partner and wife, Christine Andraconis, and he has a nine-year-old boy, Noah, and a six-year-old daughter, Grace. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. We're delighted to have you today. Thanks. So happy to be here, Lori. Great. So our two dad engineers, I'd love for both of you to start off by giving us a sense of your own personal working parent story. And uh, Matt, we'd love to start with you. Well, thank you, Lori. So my wife and I, I guess we'll start, we were very career focused when we came out of our undergrad college degrees and focused really the first five years of our relationship on growing ourselves at work and growing our educational pursuits. We both did our master's while we were working and really allowed us to focus on growing our careers. And we got through that five years and said, ah, it's about time to have kids, I suppose, before we get too old. And we did so. We were lucky to have Allison join our life and then added Emily and Andrew to the mix after that. So we have a very busy house, which I think if you talk to any parent, there's a that busy word comes into it. But I think for Shannon and I, it really comes down to strategically, the big picture is we very much share responsibilities of raising our children, whether that means, you know, some of the tactical things of, you know, sharing, she does the drop off in the morning at school or daycare, and I do the pickup and coordinating our work schedules so that I get to work a little earlier so I can leave a little earlier. And she does the opposite of that of getting to work a little later and coming home a little later. And then ultimately what that communication means to our teams and sharing with them of when we're at the office and present at work and when we're available for conversations, it comes down to communication and flexibility. So I guess I would start there. 
Great. Wonderful. Thanks for that intro. Just a note on the word busy. I would just put out there to the world that I dropped it from my vocabulary a couple of years ago in place of the word full. And it just somehow not saying the word busy somehow makes me feel slightly less busy. I will turn now to Paul. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal working parent story, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's funny that, as you just mentioned the word busy, I can't remember what it was exactly my father said, but part of my working parent story starts with the fact I have the two children you mentioned, Noah's nine and Grace is six, and my wife, Christine, uh, runs her own company. She founded and runs her own consulting company, partly for increased flexibility. But it's funny how that grows. And we had a very similar story to what Matt had of like focusing on ourselves and thinking we were really, quote unquote, busy (laughs) before we had children uh, for the first four years of our marriage and then said, oh, the same thing. Let's, we should have kids. We have two. And maybe because we started a little later, but we've done it too. But I, the thing that you just reminded me of with busy was what my dad said to my mom after their first, which was, well, one child takes up all your time. Two children can't take up anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And here I am as number seven in my family. So the seventh and final of youngest of seven children. And there's just a whole host of grandchildren and great grandchildren now. And That is part of my working parent story, too, because I think about how important family was to me and how important it was for me to have a family. But knowing that my mom took time out of her career and then went back later in the back of my head and remembering how much time I spent with her, that's kind of part of like the expectations, not that just society sets for you, but that you set for yourself based on what you had in the relationship you had with your father and mother, whatever parents or caregivers you had growing up. So that's where I kind of wanted to start. And then I guess the other thing I would just add is the balance. What's really hard for us is I think there's no set schedule when you're running your own company and you have different client meetings at different times of the day in different parts of the country. And with my job at City um, involves not a ton of travel, which is part of what I love about it. There is a fair amount and from time to time. And just balancing that, who's got drop off today? Who's got pickup? Who's got a meeting with somebody in the Asia Pacific market tonight at 9 p.m.? So if one of the kids gets out of bed, you're taking it because I Mm. feel in silence right now. And then just like coordinating who's taking Noah to hockey and Grace to ballet or gymnastics. And we signed up for this at our, our church where we're very active and so on and so forth. So we really do kind of look at all the chores of the family and try to figure out who's got what. And with the exception of certain Paul free zones and Christine free zones, as we call them, <laughs> where <laughs> always has the trash and uh, laundry and Christine always has all things related to school signups and, <laughs> and clothing buying. So that's kind of how I'll start and I'll that's- stop there. That's great. Yeah. It's so important to have um, clear expectations around what those tasks are and who's got them. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Back over to you, Matt, for just one follow-up question from me, which is, how would you describe what it's like to be a working dad engineer specifically these days? As I tried to think about that question and come back to and the engineering field is very diverse. So I'm a civil engineer and we build, you know, roadways and bridges and buildings and all sorts of infrastructure that the public use on a day-to-day basis. And there's all sorts of engineers out there. And But on engineers at the basic level, we've been really trained to be problem solvers. And I look to being a parent in my life as, I wouldn't say solving problems, but solving 
the challenges that come with a lot of what Paul talked about is getting down to the base level of how we're going to take care of everything that needs to get done. So whether that's juggling, whether that's communicating with my spouse about who's got what, as Paul talked about, maintaining focus on where I am at what time and what hat I'm wearing. In the engineering community, I think a lot, my parents, both Shane and I parents were dual career households and it was a shared burden of, of being in the family. And at a very young age, I learned to contribute to how to be a viable member of the family to help carry that burden together. And Shannon and I take that same perspective forward of my kids help with the laundry, they help with uh, all the different things that keep our household going, but it really comes down to problem solving. <laughs> so mm. we're, always, we're always problem solving. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. And Paul, I know that you use your engineering skills and apply them mm-hmm. in a different way than um, building bridges over on Matt's side. Um, but can you weigh in on this question of what it's like to be a working dad who is an engineer at this point? Uh, you know, the problem solving is an interesting, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense to me and just how you kind of try to break things down into logical components to attack a problem that seems too big <laughs> to be solved. That comes to mind as an engineer. The other thing that comes to mind for me is that my first 11 years of my career, I was at Lockheed Martin and building things and I was electrical engineer and a systems engineer and working on Uh, space systems and ground control systems and things like that. And working for the government, I had to be in the office really Mm. to do work. There was very little I could do from home that wasn't, that didn't have to be in a government facility. So I can't imagine being at that place at this time. Perhaps it's evolved a lot since I left. That was actually really hard. And being in a more virtual consumer focused place these days, I wouldn't say easy, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it makes it much easier to balance all of those things I was talking about because a lot of it is digital and can be done virtually. And I just, before I was on this call, was on a video conference with folks in Dallas and in the city. And I had to work from home today for something with the kids. So (laughs) that was doable in a way that it wouldn't have been doable back 10 years ago for me. Yeah. And Matt, do you want to weigh in here on whether your specific engineering role requires the boots on the ground that makes flexibility challenging? Yeah, that's a great point, Lori. It does. I mean, when you're a young engineer, civil engineer coming into this workplace, it's really critically important for you to be at the office and learning the skills and trade training that we have for our young employees. And as you grow and mature in your career, whether you have kids or not, the ability to be flexible in your schedule grows as you demonstrate competency in your role. So ultimately, a lot of the skills that we teach our employees are really critically important for them to be in the office with the team so that they can know what they need to do and, and be have that on hands-on training. Mm-hmm. Great. That's helpful. Okay. Over to you, Tom. Okay. It helps if you unmute your microphone. Well, thanks, Lori. Uh, and Paul, I just wanted to follow up on your <laughs> You're, you came from a very big family, which reminds me, you know, often it's just a matter of perspective. I had friends in my circle. One of them had, I can't remember if they had seven kids, so they had a lot of a lot of children. And they were joking with one of my other friends who has three kids. And they, I said, oh, you have hobby kids. <laughs> oh, it never feels that way. <laughs> right. One, right. Right. Exactly. It's all a matter of perspective. Like, no matter how, it's just like, you know, I remember before I had kids, I used to think that I was busy. And apparently I wasn't, but I thought I was. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, thanks. That perspective there. Well, let me ask you, let me, Paul, since we're with you, let me let me start with you. Um, workplace supports did you find particularly helpful as you became a working parent? The first and foremost thing was the ability to work remotely. 
you know, from typically that's remotely meant means from home, but it can sometimes mean, you know, <laughs> being able to log in and do something quickly or have a cell phone with you and be able to send a quick text message or an email from a doctor's office because your kid, you know, threw up at school and you had to go pick them up and take them to the doctor's office. So that ability to be connected, even when not physically at the office, was huge. I think also the appreciation that dads, that there are more and more two-parent um, working families these days and that dads, at least I feel this at my company, there's an expectation that dads, you know, share the load equally with their parents and equally means different things in different relationships. But it wasn't always frowned upon as like, oh, why are you doing that at this school, you know, today? <laughs> why can't you be at this meeting? And I can tell you the managing director I report to, you know, has the same philosophy. So that, I guess, if I think about supports, it's that. It's the overall surround sound and the culture that says, you know, it's okay to take a little time off, get your work done when you get it done, however you need to get it done. And the ability to do it virtually has been incredibly helpful for me. And then, by the way, the other thing is, there is an expectation when you take, you know, vacation, that barring some sort of sky is falling emergency, you know, we're going to let you take vacation and have that quality and downtime with your kids because you don't get that much, you know, quality downtime away from the office with the advents of digital and encroaching on every moment of life. That's been something I really appreciate as well. Yeah. And that's a huge point. You know, the technology, of course, can be a double-edged sword for things like vacation, right? I mean, I know plenty of people, myself included, and other, you know, jobs that I have had where, you know, you're away from the office, but the office is following you in your pocket uh, in the form of your phone or whatever it is that people are reaching out to you to have that because it is so easy. It does take more of a, you know, it's obviously a lot harder now than it was 20 years ago to be off the grid. And so you have to have a real commitment from, the other people in your office and your employer to to honor that. And that's so so important. I'm glad that you you have that where you work. And of course the flexibility is yeah, I agree, as any parent will attest to, is such a huge benefit. Yeah. Let me ask you the flip side of this. What supports did you not have when you started as a working parent that you think it would be helpful for people coming up behind you to have access to? Well, when I first started as a working parent, one thing we didn't have for both of my children, and, and we added it shortly thereafter, was parental leave for the father as well. And again, the expectation that yeah, you should take that, you know, by all means, that's a magical time in life, you know, go spend that time to bond with your new child and be there. That was not something that we had that I, you know, I took vacation time <laughs> for a couple of weeks, and maybe a few sick days or something that I hadn't used earlier in the year, but that was not there. So that was harder. And then I would say the other thing is, it really this, the idea of having video calls and zoom or whatever it is that, you know, you might do at your company. Um, it really makes you feel like you're right there with the other group. Technology has come a long way and being able to whiteboard virtually, but I did not have that at the beginning. So I think those types of things and uh, shared message boards or, you know, what like work lists and work sharing across virtual things, that's something I didn't have at all and, and the ability to kind of do that at the start. So that's what I would add. No, I think those are that's some great insight. All right, Matt, let me shift over to you and ask you the same questions. And let's start out with workplace supports. Did you find particularly helpful in your line of work when you became a working parent? 
Sure. Thanks, Tom. It sounds kind of silly, but the ability to get into the office outside of normal business hours, having a key fob to get into the building to, and I'll communicate with my spouse, hey, I've got to get this thing done and I need to go to the office because we're using a very detailed and sophisticated piece of software that doesn't work very well remotely. So being able to key fob into the building and get in, you know, whether it's after hours or staying late or coming in on a Saturday, without having to do a lot of coordination. It was super helpful just to pop in and get work done when I work for my schedule to keep things going. And then I would echo what Paul said about the working remotely. The, the initial, when I first had kids, the working remotely was far more clunky and it was not very effective. The systems that were in place, the technology just wasn't there. While it was helpful for email, but some of the more bandwidth heavy things, it was challenging to do. But so a lot of those, I need to get to the office, get some stuff done to be very effective and get the thing done and go home. So yeah, that's a fascinating point that you're the first one to raise that, but it, about getting into the office. But now that you say that, you know, while it's great to be able to work from home and if people have a home office they can get to without disturbing other members of their family, that's fantastic. And I know some people have those, like my house, particularly when we had young kids, was not. I mean, we did, I didn't have a, I mean, I had a place where I could work, but certainly not one where I could do it without being uninterrupted or uh, feeling guilty about what I could hear going on downstairs, you know, as my wife and vice versa. I mean, I would do it for her too, as, you know, struggling to get dinner on the table or get the kids to bed. And then, you know, the times it's coming back to me that when I had to go in the office as a parent, sometimes you do, you know, either early, early in the morning or late in the evenings, those were like, as much it was as an imposition, in some ways, it was a great time to get work done. There's nobody in the office. It's quiet. You know, your email is at least quieter than it usually is. I think that's a fantastic point. And I appreciate you that uh, raising that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'd add is our, <laughs> Kimberly Horn, we've got a kind of a uh, interesting calendar of, uh, four nines and a four is the normal week. So we work four nines and then Fridays theoretically are half days. So Friday afternoon also becomes a really effective time to get stuff done. So I guess looking for those shoulder times where you can not be interrupted and get your work done are really effective. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned, you know, the, the technology was clunky, you know, when you first started out as a working parent. Are there any other things in your particularly, you know, specific to your type of engineering, um, the sports that you that you didn't have that you think would be helpful for folks coming up behind you? If you don't have anything else, that's fine. But I wanted to probe that a little more. No, sure. I mean, when we first had children, the childcare and coverage of childcare fell to whoever had the, of my wife or my calendar, whoever had the critical items that we couldn't work around. And so it was a lot of juggling. I remember many days of, hey, I got this in the morning and you've got this in the afternoon. So I'll shoot to the office and do my thing and then shoot home, you know, so you can do your thing. And it was a lot of just very, and it's always unexpected. It's always very hectic and very stressful. What Kimley Horn and I'm sure other engineering firms are doing, and I'm sure other industries as well, is backup childcare. We specifically have Bright Horizons, which has been, you know, when your child gets sick and you have client commitments or other commitments that you are going to be really challenging to get relocated, having a backup childcare program in place to be able to get somebody to your house to care for your sick child. It took a little bit of a hurdle to get over it, to invite somebody to the house that we didn't really know. But through a period of time, we've come to trust the service and and utilize it far more than, than we initially, when we had when first started having kids. Well, that's fantastic. How does it work? Like, so, I mean, like, who would you call? Did your work do it for you? Do you just, I've never used one, so I don't know. Yeah, so it's, 
basically they provide you a phone call, a phone number to call into, and you call in and can figure out if there's a resource available to help you out. And, and we've never had a time when there isn't a resource available to, and you schedule the time when they need to be at your house and when you're going to return to your house. So there's an expectation of time. And then as the day progresses, they basically journal the day out of, you know, what kind of medicine your children has taken and if there's any rest or naps or what kind of things they've eaten. So it's been a really good system. And my company provides a certain amount of days essentially that are part of our program that there's no cost charge. And if you do go past that, it's a fairly minimal, I think it's like 60 bucks per day to have somebody come to your house and be present with your child. So wow, That's yeah, great. it's a really great benefit that my company and I think other companies are starting to implement. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, my I just to jump in here, this is Lori. My law firm offers this as well, the same sort of Bright Horizons backup care option. And I think we have about 20 days per year that we can use. And it's definitely saved me, especially when my kids were a little bit younger and not quite as self-sufficient. <laughs> There were definitely emergencies that Bright Horizons saved us. Wow, that's great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Matt and Lord, since you're already on, I will pass the baton back over to you. I, actually, just to, it's Paul to jump in real quick. And Bright Horizons is killing it on the business <laughs> <laughs> here. But the city does the same thing. And just as a call out, it was our nanny had been with us for six and a half years. And it was always like, look, your vacations when we vacation. But she had an opportunity to go to Europe for two weeks. And we were, you know, one thing we haven't mentioned here is when you're a two-parent working family that you essentially then are an employer as well at home. In addition, you might have your team working for you at work. You have a team working for you at home. And so you want to keep your people happy, right? <laughs> so she had this opportunity to go to Europe for two weeks, and that never would have been possible without having that support system. And I failed to mention it earlier, but we were able to interview several different folks, um, and they came to our house for two weeks, and they served as our nanny for two weeks. And it was the same person for that two-week period. And it was, um, it was great for um, all of us and, and for our nanny too. So Wow. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. Bright Horizons yeah. may have just made a sale. Uh, <laughs> the last thing on Bright Horizons that I'll mention that I just recently found out is that they um, collaborate with a network of summer camps called Steve and Kate's summer camps that are in a number of cities all over the country. And you can use your Bright Horizons backup care days to send your kids to those camps. So that's a big deal when your kids get to those ages where... Um, you know, they're in wow. camp rather than daycare and uh, you're looking for other options other than, say, having a nanny come over. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, Lori, all yours. Great. So let's see. Let's go to you first, um, Matt. I'm curious to know what, what changes you see happening in the engineering field and in your workplace that are affecting working parents, even if these changes may not be specifically geared toward working parents. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question as we talked about some of the specific items, the support structures that haven't been there that are starting to get implemented in the industry. I think one of the key takeaways I had is I'm working with my, I mean, we're very client focused business. We do our work for our clients and it's our clients really are why we're in business. And as you befriend colleagues and as I've gotten older in my career, um, become closer to my clients, it's you, you start to understand that the people at work or the people you work for, your clients, a lot of them are working parents as well. Mm -hmm. And you start to form these common bonds with them and start to learn about, you know, what sports activities they're involved with or when their child is, you know, let's say sick or not able to do something. And you, it's interesting, it, as I was reflecting on this, it becomes 
okay to ask for flexibility and your own personal schedule with your colleagues at work and your, your clients. And I think there's a greater awareness and understanding of that flexibility that people have a better balance up mm-hmm. between what they can do at work and what they can ask to do at work or ask to do at home because other there's more common understanding, I think, across the industry. So that's probably the biggest thing for me is it's okay to ask mm-hmm. to do things at home or reschedule things with your clients because something arose. Mm. So that was, that's yeah. been very helpful for me to have that front of mind as I'm working through the day-to-day scheduling and coordination of my family and work. Yeah, no, I love that. There's a the thought of a positive change, you know, toward a more common understanding between clients and those who serve them. Often in response to this question, we get a lot of negative responses. So I appreciate that perspective there. And I also have found that the ability to develop those deeper relationships only helps with business development and, you know, being able to grow your own career path because you can get closer to the clients and their families as well. Okay, over to you, Paul. What changes have you seen happening in your field and your workplace that you think are affecting working parents? You know, I think the one thing that I guess wasn't mentioned is the amount of, at least in the tech world and specifically digital and software development and analytics, there's more and more work that is. I wouldn't say outsourced because I would imply that it's fully done somewhere else and then sent back, but that there's a lot of co-creation happening between centers that we might have in um, India or in Latin America and basically different time zones. <laughs> and mm, so yeah. that can make it challenging sometimes because, you know, you have a working parent. I know the, my India partners very well. I know all of their family situations. And when I say, oh, you know what? Friday morning's a great time for me to have meetings. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's do this at 9am Friday morning, but that's, you know, 730 your time. Mm. <laughs> and so hope you're enjoying your Friday night with your family as I, <laughs> I scheduled a call. And it's a two way street. And so for each of us to be respectful of each other's time when we're nine and a half hours or 10 and a half hours off of each other's calendar, depending on the time of the year, it that can be challenging. But on the flip side, back to what I was saying before, and I think, you know, we were just touching on it is there is that expectation as working parent to working parent, like, hey, this isn't going to work for me. What can we do? Or can you and I connect offline separate from this meeting, either before or after to try and figure it out. So I do think there's an increased amount of flexibility on all sides than even just, I'd say, when I first became a working parent, I remember somebody saying to me once when I got in at like 9.30 and had been up like twice in the night to clean up dirty sheets because someone was (laughs) sick or went to the bathroom in the bed (laughs) and then got up and got the kids lunch and breakfast and got them to school and and my wife was out of town or maybe she wasn't even out of town. It doesn't matter. I got in at like (laughs) 9.30. I was like so wiped out. And somebody said, oh, must be nice. And I thought, man, I really want to strangle you right now. Uh-huh. Um, so that has changed a lot, even in the last nine years. There is more expectation around like, look, we're all trying to balance different things. And the other thing is there's more and more, and I don't know if this is is true in all industries, but more and more open floor plans, the senior, senior managers do and directors and EVPs do not have their own set desk. Um, 
or they'll have a set desk, but it's in an open environment where everybody sees everything. And that can be good or bad. On the whole, I've actually found it to be good in terms of sharing and people getting to know each other better across functions and areas because we're more interdependent than ever. And that can also mean getting to know each other's personal situations better and having a little bit more empathy for each other. Um, as well. Yeah, empathy is the key word there, definitely. I remember being the younger employee looking at the parents coming in at 9.30 and being like, wonder why it took them so long to get here, and wow, do I totally get it on the other side now. <laughs> like, it must be nice, what, to have like a whole separate job before your job starts, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Paul. Back to you, Tom. Yeah, I remember when I clerked for a judge before I had kids, and at the time, he had twins that were, I think, three-year-old twins and a five-year-old, and I'd get in super, super early, and he'd come in. Yeah, same thing, you know, around 9.30. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, well, I guess maybe when you're a judge, you know, and you get that senior, you can be that lazy. (laughs) Of course, he wasn't lazy, but now I remember after I had my first child, I'm like, oh, my God, the things I did not know. All right, very good. Well, Matt, let me start with you with this question and ask you, um, what's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? Yeah, thanks, Tom. I guess for me, I read a book, Ball Games to Boardrooms recently, and it kind of, one of the premises of the book, it talks about mental toughness and extra effort. And while the book is geared towards, obviously, work, it really I take it as a broader picture of work and what we call life or being at home. And as I reflect on what I've done as a parent on the very little or lack of sleep, um, building the mental toughness and giving the extra effort as, as a parent and an employee of my business, it's amazing what I've been able to do with my wife to raise our family and be successful. And it just gives me a lot of confidence to take each day as it comes and understand that, yeah, life's going to be messy sometimes. There's going to be things that don't go our way, but to have the grateful attitude for what we have and what we're going, I've really taken that as a a growth moment for me personally, both at home and at work. And to be gracious of others as they work through what their issues are. I mean, you guys just talked about a couple of examples. We didn't know what we should have known at a younger age in our careers about people coming into the office late or other circumstances. There's people that go through a lot of different things in their day to day. And there's reasons, a lot of good reasons for what they, (laughs) what happens. And we make assumptions about that, but being grateful for what you have and and trying to be understanding of others or what they're doing and asking those questions. So to still it down, it's don't be, don't get stuck in the details. Sometimes pick your head up, look around, realize what you've done. Uh, but continue to build that mental toughness of what it takes to be a parent, a working parent, and the effort and the extra effort that's a lot of times needed to be uh, an effective parent and an effective employee. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. And just the gratitude and the empathy and just remembering that, which sometimes it's really hard to do, but even the whole foundation of this podcast and what we're talking about, you know, the privilege that one has to be a working parent, you know, there are people who struggle on either end of that, you know, to have children or, you know, with their career and with their job. And so, you know, I often try to remind myself that the seeds of whatever I'm usually struggling with are something to be grateful for, you know? So if I'm sleep deprived because my kid's doing whatever, well, it's, you know, it's because I, I have a child, you know, a lot of people don't and want to, or I'm rushing to get somewhere and I'm late, you know, with my kid or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I've got a car to drive in and I've got somewhere to take my child. It's, you know, I always have to, I'm not great at this, but in the moments when I'm able to, it does make a huge difference in how I think about things. 
Well, Matt, let me follow up. And you answered, um, you had a two for there because you talked about a book too, because a follow-up was going to be one of a favorite book or a favorite article. But my last one for you then is, is there a piece of technology that you really rely on to maintain your working family role? Well, my wife and I, if there wasn't for Outlook Calendar and being able to share appointments across all the things that we're doing in our life, if it's, I joke with people, if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. So we use, we trade appointments back and forth for basically using our work outlooks. And as our kids are getting older, we're starting to figure out how to incorporate them into the calendar. Like my oldest daughter is now 11 and she's going to need to start to be included in the calendar. So the calendaring of the family is probably the biggest thing for me. And then the other thing, in addition to the calendar, we use OneNote in our family a whole bunch to share whether it's across our work computers or home computers or phones, we have these shared notes that whether at the grocery store or we're packing for a trip, family trip, we all have access, or my wife and I especially have access to where we are in the packing and the whatever the tasks are. So we try to write as much as we can down so that in the day-to-day, we don't forget something. And we can use that as a, a life crutch to help us be better prepared for, you know, that next time we're going out of town, what do we need to bring and all these things? Or if we're going to the grocery store, I can sit at my office and click on a, a shopping list and add some stuff to the shopping list without even talking to her on the phone and you know send a text like hey all the stuff's in the in the note so can you grab this stuff please and so those two are critically important for us to and then the one last thing is that's been a game changer recently in our house is um, shipped my company is providing memberships to ship if you're not familiar with shipped it's basically an app that you can have a shopper purchase whatever from a grocery store and deliver to your house. So a lot of times we're traveling back from a vacation or you know, we're sitting at the office and need to have something delivered for an evening meal. We can pop into shipped and schedule that grocery delivery so that's ready to go when we need it. Yeah, no, those are all great things. And that you know, it's an interesting idea. And I thought about, I mean, of course, you know, with my wife and I on our calendars, we often we put kid, you know, our children's events, but you know, for the older kids, like having them have their own calendar, that's genius. Because uh, I've got a 14 year old who, you know, is all soccer all the time. And I should make my, we use Google calendar, you know, just give him his own own calendar rather than just that conversation between my wife and I. So I'm going to steal that one from you. That's a great idea. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot, Paul. I will now turn it over to you and ask you the same questions, starting off with what's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? I love to be grateful, but that's not what I was going to say. So I won't steal that. (laughs) You can if you want. I I won't take, I I can't say I came up with it, but go ahead. I hate to say, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do a twofer as well. The first thing is, and they're probably related in a way, is to think about what you need as a parent and not to be afraid to ask for it. And that goes into a whole lot of different parts of life in my mind. I mean, one is at work. I remember when I first started out, well before I even had kids, I'd always look at every job requisition and say, oh, but I don't have five years of digital marketing experience. Therefore, I can't do that with the technology background that I have or an engineering background. But, and my wife would always coach me on this and say, nobody has everything on that list. And I find that as working parents, and this can be true of a lot of different things that in anybody's life, whether a parent or otherwise, but nobody has all of those things. Know what you want to do and, you know, seek it out and don't uh, rule out opportunities because you think you're a working parent and that won't work in this context. And frankly, I would say, don't even lead with that. Talk about all the reasons you're awesome for this job and all the reasons they'd want somebody just like you. Because a lot of things I've learned as a parent have made me better in my career anyway, (laughs) at dealing with differences of opinions, at sorting out (laughs) different schedules and balancing a whole lot of different competing interests. 
you know, frankly, those have made me a better leader, a better manager and a better employee. So I would just say, know what you want. Don't be afraid to ask for it at work and in life. And for me, that's been finding those times for self-care. So you guys talked a lot about, man, you know, gird up your loins because you know it's time to go to battle as a working parent. So true. But at the same time, like I'm sitting here like a drill sergeant making sure my kids get the sleep they need and the right food and the right diet and this and that. And if I'm not doing that for myself from time to time, at least to find that time to rest or do what I need to do to recharge my batteries, it might be a date night. It might just be time to go for a long walk or a swim or whatever in the summer. I'm not going to be my best parent either. And I'm going to be in a different place than I would be if I found a little time to carve out. And I will say that can be from family, from friends, from neighbors. I know when I had an unexpected emergency appendectomy right before Thanksgiving, our neighbors stepped up and said, oh, we'll take notice hockey practice and we can do this for grace and it was a real blessing to remember that people are there to support you and not to be afraid to ask for help sometimes yeah they're great points then the follow-up question to that is how about a favorite book or article I was, I knew you were going, we were going there and I was like, I was so tuned in on that. You know, there's, there've been a lot and there's none that are jumping to mind, but frankly, a lot of them have been, for me, have been less about parenting, been less about how to be a working parent and work through that than it has been focused on understanding my child and how each of them are different. And there's there's one I'm reading right now, which I found incredibly helpful with a a child who has ADHD and understanding all the different types of ADHD that are out there. And I'm forgetting the name of this book, which is funny because I'm reading it right now. That's been incredibly helpful as well. I know it's written by Dr. Stephen Cowan, who's here in the New York area where I am. And it's been a game changer for me and just better understanding my child that struggles with that. So sure. If you want to email that to us later, we can, uh, we can include it in the show notes, the title to it. I would be happy to. Yeah. And then um, I did want to jump in on the tool thing. I love all the digital tools and we have a a Trello board my wife and I use when we're really just overwhelmed for the doing and done lists um, that we share with each other. And that's an app Trello. But the funny thing is the probably single most effective thing for keeping our kids, ourselves and our nanny and any parents or others that are caregiving at any point in time is we have this giant calendar that we redo every month with all the different things that are happening that month and reminding the kids of all of their chores and reminding the practices and all of that stuff. So that physical whiteboard calendar has been incredibly helpful for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've heard uh, there are a number of people we've had on the show. And I know that the, uh, both Lori and my spouse like the, you know, the old school use the paper calendar, even the big ones or a whiteboard, like you say, sometimes that that physical touch helps. Well, Matt and Paul, this is the last time I will speak. So I will thank you very much for joining us. And I'm going to turn it back over to Lori to uh, close us out. Great. Thanks so much, Tom. And thank you, Matt and Paul, for being with us today. And we very much enjoyed hearing about your perspectives and your stories and uh, trials and tribulations of working parenthood. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you please forward this episode to one friend and please leave us a short review so that other working parents can benefit from the wisdom of our amazing working parent podcast guests. So thank you for joining us. Uh, We will be tuning in next time with some amazing working mom engineers. So please join us for that episode and be well until next time.